0: Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft
1: Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane. That's right. It is the H-Town Hoops edition of the NBA Draft Show. You are here with us. You will experience the NBA Draft with us from 7 to 10. Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane here. Chris Santiago holding things down behind the glass for us. And I don't think that I can overstate and certainly don't want to understate Adam how big of a night that this is on a couple of different levels with the NBA draft coming up and it's going to happen any moment now but from an overall historical history perspective this is like one of those seminal moments with one of those generational talents a, a term that's thrown around far too often in sports generational talent potential legend and all of these sort of things chosen and things like that but Victor Wembanyama is considered to be one of those guys not just in basketball but across sports one of the better draft prospects that we've ever seen and the wait is over we're finally here and in in any moment now we'll see and and find out the picks but from an overall big picture standpoint we're talking about a generational talent in Victor Wembanyama being welcome to the NBA and then of course Whatever happens at two and three obviously affects what the Rockets do at number four overall.
2: Yeah, and and unfortunately for the Rockets, he's going to wind up going to the team that plays 180 miles away from them. So Mm -hmm. they are going to be seeing him quite a bit over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it turns out to be. And so that's unfortunate for them. Um, But we sat in this room, What I guess it was five, six weeks ago on lottery night, and it was... For the Rockets as a team, it was a pretty big disappointment because you went into that night with a 14 percent chance of getting the pick that could turn in to Wembenyama. I think I, did I say it right that time? Wimbenyama. Okay, I think you did. I think, and
1: I th- also think that when you speed through it, that nobody really notices okay. because enough people probably struggle with it. So yeah, I think you're good, man. I'm glad they're not going to get him because I don't want to deal with that.
2: But but then there was also we talked about obviously he's going to be great. But then there were the two guys after him with Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. So you basically had three guys who in a normal year would be number one picks on their own. Um, And now you're going to be able to get one of those guys at two or even three. And the Rockets miss out on all three. But it could get a little weird tonight. And we have seen this now in the past. A couple of years ago uh, when the Rockets took Jalen Green, it was seen to be a four-person draft. And then all of a sudden, Scottie Barnes snuck into that first tier. Jalen Suggs fell out of it last year. We all went into the draft thinking that it was going to be Jabari Smith going number one to Orlando and Paolo Banquero would go number three to the Rockets and it flipped and it wound up being Bancaro going number one to Orlando and then Smith fell to the Rockets. So there's always that there's always that possibility that somebody slips and you've seen it with the odds and I don't know how much you read into this, but the odds have really gone back and forth on the number two pick between Brandon Miller and and Scoot Henderson now for what it's worth I would be absolutely shocked and that's just what you hear this that, is what I'm hearing right now I would be shocked if Brandon Miller is not the picket two but if for whatever reason he is gone or whatever for whatever reason Charlotte goes with uh Charlotte goes number two um they go with Henderson at two then maybe that could open things up for the Rockets maybe getting Brandon Miller at four or maybe Scoot Henderson you know so you, there are a lot of different possibilities That come with this night.
1: Let's go to the podium right now. Adam Silver is about to announce the number one overall. I think
2: they're just going to be on the clock. Or are they? Yeah, they're just on the clock.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, so, so in the meantime, until we get there, I I would, I I know who they're going to pick. though. Yeah. I I think we do know who they're going to pick. This is the, this is the moment I feel like everybody knows is coming, but everybody has sort of been waiting, waiting for just because it's a moment in NBA history. But to the point that you're making about how things could get weird, it is the, a topic right now at the draft. And and we're obviously going to see what's going to happen here, but you and I just did an NBA draft preview a little bit more than 24 hours ago, yesterday morning, and we were pretty much sure that Amon Thompson was going to be the number four pick. And at that point he was literally the betting favorite to, to, to be that. And just within a course of hours, there's discussion about, you know, Amon Thompson having a good workout with the Portland trailblazers and maybe, Hey, if even if Brandon Miller is the pick at number two, Maybe Portland likes Amon Thompson just as much as they like Scoot Henderson, and maybe they have a difficult decision and conversation to have on their hands, which means, you know, in some ways, Amon Thompson goes from being the guy that, for a lot of Rockets fans, was the favorite that they've been talking about for the last few weeks to being maybe he's the, he's the avenue for you to get Scoot. You know, one team falling in love mm-hmm. with another guy, and then another team falling in love with a different guy means that you're able to get what I feel like people have said for a long time is certainly the second, and if not the third best player in this draft.
2: And that's where the wild cards are there today. And, you know, obviously everybody knows what San Antonio is going to do at one. We think that we know what Charlotte's going to do at two, but you never know. You know, Charlotte is Charlotte's a weird team. You have a bunch of people making that pick who probably aren't going to be in their jobs next year because the team's about to be sold, and the old regime is the one that's making the pick. So Mitch Kupchak is the GM. He and Michael Jordan are making the picks. Jordan, I know, is going to be gone. Kupchak is probably going to be gone, too. So who knows what they're thinking? Then you have Portland, and Portland is in a weird... Like you just said, you know, what if if Charlotte does decide to go with Scoot Henderson at two? Does that mean Portland is is just automatically taking Brandon Miller? It doesn't seem like it. So five, six weeks ago, we we felt like we kind of knew the top, what the top three was going to be. Now we've gotten here, we've gotten to this night, and it feels like there is still just a little bit of wiggle room for those top three guys.
1: Does it feel like it's mostly chattering conversation? Like all of these things obviously could happen. We understand that they're possible. But in terms of what we think about the players, because I'm trying to sort of manufacture in my mind this idea that, well, hey, if if this is how the teams are feeling about Armand Thompson, maybe it's not the three-man draft that we've been saying it is all of this time, and maybe he actually is somewhere along the same caliber as the other guys not named Victor Wimbinyama. Do you think that this is – does it feel like this is just a little bit more of, uh, you know, lion season type of stuff that you hear in a draft season in any sport or – uh, or, or, or do you think, based off of the players, based off of what we've read and seen from these guys, that that Amon Thompson is, is sort of in the same caliber of a Brandon Miller and a Scoot Henderson? That, that's the part that I've had a, a tough time really answering for myself.
2: You know, I think from a ceiling standpoint, people will tell you that he's on that level. The difference is the floor, and the floor for him is low, and he's a very raw prospect. But you look at the measurables, a six-six, freakishly athletic point guard, those don't grow on trees so it is very it is very obvious especially you can see how a team would absolutely fall in love with him during a workout it would be it's very easy to see that but again there's a big variance with somebody like that especially because we have not really seen him play at any sort of a high level now the college game is obviously different from the nba but he's playing in whatever it is the overtime elite whatever that that league is and that's a whole lot different than playing in the SEC where Brandon Miller played last year. Just yeah. the level of competition, the the types of games that you're playing in, they are completely different. And so we have not really seen the Thompson twins, either Amon or his brother Asur, on that sort of a stage yet.
1: Yeah, and, and surprise, surprise, the pick is in. We should be hearing it any moment now. But let let's paint this out. The the perfect scenario as we find out that Victor Wimbayama is going to go to the to the San Antonio Spurs arrival of the Houston Rockets. As we paint this out, before we know who goes second, what would we say right now is the best case scenario for the Rockets? It 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 is basically right now the idea of either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller falling out of the top, let me let me finish this, falling out of the top three and falling to them at number four, and perhaps trading up. That with that number 20 pick, not picking at 20 and doing something of more significance with, with the number 20 overall pick?
2: Yeah, I'm going to stay away from 20 right now. Because okay. I think I don't know if the two are, are connected at all. But no, I think that it would be if they stay at four and one of those two falls to them, I think they should be absolutely ecstatic. I just, I know people really like Thompson and I know people have kind of fallen in, fallen in love with Thompson just over this period. But if you have a chance to get Henderson... Or Miller, if one of those two guys falls into your lap, you should be ecstatic as an organization. And I, I just think that that for them is the best case scenario tonight. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember
0: when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: I know that the Rockets are not in a position to be drafting for need because they need everything. They're a bad basketball team, have been one for the last couple of years. But on those two guys, since we mentioned it, and we can even throw Armin in there too, and I'm sure we're going to talk about plenty of them throughout the next few hours. Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane here doing the H-Town Hoops version of the NBA Draft Show. But, what do these guys bring to the rockets that they are so sorely lacking? They're obviously lacking a lot of things, But specifically, like I, I think about Brandon Miller, who brings, you know, three point shooting and defense. Mm-hmm. They struggle defensively. And they struggle to shoot the three. Obviously, Amon Thompson and Scoot Henderson are point guards. They don't have a real NBA-level point guard as, as much as Kevin Porter Jr. tried to do it. What do these guys bring to the Rockets that they're lacking?
2: Well, so for me, Miller is the type of guy, I think that he has every skill that you want in today's NBA. He's six foot nine. he can shoot, he can put the ball on the floor, he can make plays for others, he can defend basically every position. I don't know if he can defend fives at this point yet, but he can probably defend everybody one through four, and when he adds some weight, he can probably start defending fives if that's what you need him to do. So he can do everything, and those types of players don't grow on trees. Uh, Henderson and Thompson, they're a little bit more raw, and it's going to take them some time. So for me, I think Miller helps you a lot more day one than the other two. But the other two have a chance to be really good players. And obviously, you talked about it just with the point guards. It's a position of need. And especially, I mean, Porter, I think we both agree Porter was their best player last year. But the drop off from Porter and the next point guard was huge. It was just a huge gap to where they were just trying to find somebody uh, who could handle that position. They were going to Jay Sean Tate. You know, they were they were just basically grasping at straws.
1: Um, Eric Gordon at times when he was still yeah. on the team. Yeah, I mean we're, we're we're talking about a really desperate situation, and obviously the next thing that they wanted to work, work out did not work, and, and that's something that they're going to have to address. But I mean that's a that's a major issue here that I think that we have to think about from a Rocket standpoint is that hey, hey here's an opportunity in front of them, even if they don't get one of these top three guys, if they get Ammon Thompson to feel a very desperate need at at, at point guard. So so like that, that that's something to to obviously consider. But to your point, like if you can get a a Brandon Miller that that, that sort of changes things the pick is in here and it's going to be announced
3: with the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama from Nantar, France
1: all right, so breaking news, <laughs> surprise, surprise, the moment that nobody was expecting, I know. No, I, I wanted to play it at the very least because I do think, like, even if he doesn't work out, which would be one of the biggest busts in, in, in professional sports history if he turns out to not be good. Now, obviously, if injuries are, are a part of it, that's a totally different discussion. But for some reason, he somehow is not good at basketball. Like, that would be, you know, that would be the most shocking thing that that you could probably describe. But But it's a moment for the NBA, I think, that's significant. And it really hurts, I think, locally, to your point earlier, of the fact that he's not going to some random market. He's going to one that's really, really close to you. And specifically, if you're the Rockets, you know what it's like to have a player come in, draft him number one overall, and they're bringing a whole country with them. They're bringing a whole different kind of market with them. I was listening to talk earlier, Adam, about how crazy people are going over in France, and they don't even really care about basketball like that. But he's such a big deal over there. Like, this is going to be huge for the Spurs, and Rockets fans got to feel like, hey, man, this is this is a major thing to, to, to miss out on, even if you're going to get a really good player.
2: And if he turns out to be as great as everybody thinks he is, then that's the team that you're having to compete against, and you're having to compete against this guy for a long time, and you got to play him four times a year, and if you want to try and win a championship, you got to have to go through him. It's not easy. They had to go through, you know, you saw Tim Duncan, uh, lead that team for twenty years, and now here's this guy coming around. He might, he might take him to the next twenty. Who knows? Um, so obviously, if you're the, you know, it could have been them or Charlotte. It could have been San Antonio or Charlotte when the when the lottery came up. If you're the Rockets, you obviously would have preferred him go to the Eastern Conference, right? Instead, not only is he in the Eastern Conference, but now he's in your division, so you've got to play him four times a year. So that's yeah. that's gonna be tough.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and really, you know, geographically the closest, you know, the closest NBA team to you. You know, the the closest teams it are. Is are San it's Antonio, Dallas. Dallas, and then, of course, New Orleans is a little bit further. But, I mean, those are the closest teams to you. This is the closest team to you. And, yeah, oh, man, they're showing that this guy wears a size 20-and-a-half shoe. I don't even know what that is, man. Uh, you know, m- most places don't sell past the 13s. Man, it is. this is an incredible moment. Like, we all knew that this was happening, but it's an incredible moment for the NBA. Just the, the idea of him, a 7'5", wing slash shot blocker like i don't know what this is man like i've i've obviously watched him play but how it translates to the nba what it looks like the first text that i saw 713572416 is the text line in here the first text that i saw when i got in here was hot take victor wembanyama sucks and and i've heard that from from even like people that are supposed to be like credible in this thing but but man i i don't i don't see how you can look at all of the tools and everything that this guy's got going for him, can shoot the ball, can handle it, is tall as hell, and, and think that this is, you know, anything but, you know, a, a sure thing as long as he's healthy, man.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll just have to see how how this turns out. I think the question becomes, how good is he on day one? Yeah. And there's kind of a feeling out there that the Spurs now go from having they, – they, they won 22 games last year. I think there's a feeling that the Spurs could take a really big jump. I don't see it. I think it's going to take this guy a little bit longer to – be a quality NBA player just because of, you know, teams are going to go at him. Yeah. There are a lot of vets who are, who cannot wait to go right at him. He's obviously got to, he's going to have to add some strength. Oh, So so I I think it's going to be, I I think the transition for him is going to be a little bit tougher than people realize. I also don't know how many games he's actually going to play because I mean, the big thing with him is, okay, you have him, but now it's about keeping him healthy and keeping him on the floor because he does, you no good if he's not actually playing in games. And so I don't know how motivated the Spurs are going to be to play him 70 games, 75 games next season. I think that they will probably try and and play him not as little as possible, but I I think you've got to play 65 games to be eligible for rookie of the year. I think that they'll probably try and play him just 65 games. I don't think he's going to be like a 35 minutes a game guy either. I think it's going to come a little bit more slowly than people realize. Plus there's no reason for San Antonio to be good next year. Right. Because they can just go add more picks to what they already have.
1: Yeah. And it's not like there's a rush with Victor. Once you got him, like your future is kind of locked up so long as you keep him healthy and ready to go. I just look at him, Adam, at him and wonder what's his body going to ultimately look like. Because it's hard for me to really project with how young he is and how skinny he is right now. But like, is he going to look like, you know, is his body going to fill out more like Giannis or is it going to be more like, You know a kevin Mm -hmm. garnett or is it going to be more like on the on the kevin durant side because he's closer to that right now right like he's that skinny and i just don't know for a guy that tall who plays on the perimeter what his body is ultimately going to look like but as far as them how how good they're going to be and how early they're going to be that to me it's going to be closer to when his body looks more like what it's really going to look like when he plays in the nba right now with this kid frame that he's got it's hard for me to look at that and say Hey, that's a contender in the West right now. But in a couple of years, when that thing really starts to figure itself out, I could absolutely absolutely see them being a, a force to be reckoned with. The question now is what happens at two? What happens yes. at three? Who, who, who is the pick? What is the next domino to fall? Actually, not even the next. What is the domino to fall? Because we all knew what was going to happen with Victor Wimbiyana. Wim, Wim Bam Yama. I was doing it pretty good, <laughs> man. It was you who couldn't pronounce it. Now it's me. But
2: What's going to happen next at at number two? And this is where the dominoes start to fall for the Rockets because we all think that it's going to be Miller and Henderson two and three. But in the off chance that it actually does not happen that way, then all of a sudden the Rockets have to kind of switch up on the fly. And I think the Rockets have gone into this process just thinking that it was going to be Victor one, Miller and Henderson two and three. And then we have what's left over. We'll have to see if that's actually what comes out. I don't know what what is this party in San Antonio? That's
1: that, nah, that's, that's our man Marty. Uh, uh,
2: is that Marty Smith? Uh,
1: what's the what's the with The reporter yeah, for it's Marty his, Smith. Yeah, Marty Smith. Why, why
2: is Marty Smith wearing keep, that? Well, Marty because, Smith is dancing around on the floor in San Antonio. How many, wearing a Spurs jersey? He's got he's got Victor uh, like painted, his face painted, painted or either head. carved
1: in the back of his head. How I many? He's one of the few reporters that you could get to do that. So if they wanted such foolishness, then he was the guy to call. I don't know and, if that's and, a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. There is there is a uh, apparently a market for that or a, an audience for that from what I can tell. But we're going to find out about what happens next. Oh, well, here we go. The, the pick is in. We're not going to go to break. Let's find out who With they the pick. With the
3: second pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Brandon Miller ah. from the University of Alabama.
1: Okay. Okay. So this is interesting. This is interesting. This means- Kind of what uh, we thought. Kind of what we thought. And- You know, it means, okay, what is Portland thinking? Do they like Scoot Henderson more than Amon Thompson, which has been the conversation for the entire time up until recently when Amon worked out for the Portland Trailblazers? We're going to find that out pretty soon here. Adam Spillane, Brandon Scott from the H-Town Hoops podcast. Keep it right here on Sports Radio 610.
0: Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town
1: Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam
0: Spillane.
1: A lot of NBA news today, man. A lot has happened. Earlier in the day, of course, we found out that Chris Paul was being traded from the Washington Wizards to the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Poole, a couple other assets involved in that trade, big NBA news. And, of course, that was ahead of the NBA draft. And since we've been with you, no surprises. Victor Wembanyama goes to the San Antonio Spurs as expected at number one overall. Brandon Miller, Alabama's Brandon Miller, goes number two overall to the Charlotte Hornets. And we are about to find out now who the Portland Trailblazers are picking it through.
3: With the third pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson from Marietta, Georgia, and the NBA G League's Team Ignite.
1: All right, so 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 much for the fantasy, right? Yep. So much for the idea that you might, picking at number four, might get one of the top three players of what has been perceived as the top three players in this draft since it started.
2: Yep, and so... The order that we thought, or at least the 1, 2, and 3 that we thought was going to take place, you know, even back before the lottery, that is what has happened. So now, that this is when the draft really starts. With the Rockets at 4, obviously, um, this is when you get the next tier of guys. So, when Benyama, when Benyama was the number one. He's in a tier on his own. That second tier was going to be Henderson, and it was going to be Miller. And now you have this next tier starting at 4, and this is where things really get going. Um Henderson is a really interesting prospect, just because he is. I think when this process started, even going back, you know, six months before the college basketball season started, he was the second guy on probably on every single board. But Brandon Miller kind of played his way into that second spot, and then Henderson didn't have a great year in the G League. Again, the the G League is so weird, and you know, you're seeing players go this route. I I just think it's it's a strange. It, you're playing in a very strange season. He didn't have a ton of success on the floor. He's not playing in front of a lot of eyeballs.
1: Well, and then you also end up making, in in particularly in Scoot's, Scoot Henderson's situation here, you also sometimes end up making the business decision once it's kind of clear where your standing is. Like if you're a Jalen Green and you know you're going to be a top pick or a high pick, a lottery pick, or if you're Scoot Henderson and you know you're going to be a lottery pick, you can make the business decision at the end to sort of start coasting whereas in college basketball it's you're playing of, for something it's the opposite where things turn especially if you're the caliber of player that's going to be drafted high uh, you know in the lottery more than likely you're on a team or at least the team just by function of having you is going to be mm-hmm. good enough to compete later on in the season so that's another i think weird element with the G League Ignite kids and and even the overtime elite kids to a to a certain extent because it's not quite the same intensity and competition level of a college basketball or even some of these guys that put, that play in pro
2: leagues overseas. Yeah, and the the other thing with Henderson, and this is kind of a conversation that we've had, uh, you know, earlier in the week. He's a little smaller. You know, he's six foot two. Yeah. What do, you, what do you
1: do with the tweener guard? Yeah, in twenty twenty three,
2: as athletic as he is, you know, this is a this is a, a sport where big people matter, and I liked Miller over Henderson because of the size, because. Six foot nine who can do everything to me, I think it plays a little bit better than six foot two. and uh, you know, we'll see if I'm right or if, or if I'm wrong on that. And the other thing, you know, Henderson doesn't really shoot it all that well either at this point in, in his career. yeah so you you have you have seen smaller guards obviously be very successful. Derek Rose won an MVP. Chris Paul's going to the Hall of Fame as a point guard. does not he's not nearly as athletic. Uh, as as Henderson is even even back you know when Chris Paul was young, yeah, Isaiah I, Thomas won two championships, that was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously his teammate Damian Lillard is six yes. three, a little bit bigger, but but you think Damian Lillard and Steph? There's Curry. There is a ceiling on that. Yeah, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry are both really good examples of hey a guy can be really really great, and as great as those two guys are, the ones that I just mentioned, there's a ceiling on that. Mm-hmm. Like you still need something else to go with that because a guy that size is just it's just going to be tough on him to To carry your team, so so I mean that's, that's absolutely it. I mean we we're having this discussion during the break. I thought like you think about guys like Donovan Mitchell or even a Jalen Brunson who's much smaller than these guys, but man, those guys maximize and give you everything that they can out of that size. But it still pays and helps to have somebody that's six nine and can shoot threes and can play defense. So you definitely understand why the Hornets might see more in Brandon Miller, even
2: if Scoot Henderson has a a skyrocketing type yeah. of ceiling yeah for sure and we'll get into him in a second but you know when we look at almond thompson yeah he's got that size yes. He's got that size advantage now he's a little bit more raw he's not a little bit more he's a lot more raw than what you're going to get with scoot henderson but I, I think what makes almond almond thompson such a great prospect is just the size the yeah. fact that he's six foot six has that type of athleticism that playmaking ability so that's why I think that he is as intoxicating as he is for the Rockets.
1: Yeah, well, when you talk about two aspects of their game, okay, Scoot Henderson and Armand Thompson, the, the point guards that were left after Victor Wimanyama and Brandon Miller were obviously taking it with the first two picks. When you talk about those guys, we're talking about similar player profiles in terms of, just in terms of, hey, more of a natural point guard, but with supreme athleticism, but doesn't have excellent shooting. Now, you, know, you could say that, that the Thompson twin is a little bit more raw, but they're both really raw guys who don't give you great shooting. But what Thompson gives you is something that obviously, or would give you is obviously just something that Scoot Henderson cannot because he's six seven because he has that size. That helps you both on the offensive and especially on the yes. defensive end. And he does have a good defensive profile as well in terms of his game.
2: And the defense is important because yep. I think the one thing that we've seen the, the guys who can defend multiple positions maybe not 1 through 5 but if you can hold your own 1 through 4 that's incredibly valuable that's a great skill to have and that's why you really like Jabari Smith because Jabari Smith can guard anyone 1 through 5 right yeah. he's not there yet but he's got the he, he's got the potential to be able to drop to be able to defend at that sort of a level yeah, he's
1: got the frame he I mean he held his own in one of those games against Giannis yeah. you know so so you can see where it's there and and obviously he's nowhere near where he's going to be physically yet but yeah, I mean that is that is the that is really the interesting thing for the Rockets though because they've got guys who do have the ability to defend but what stands out about Thompson especially if they pick him it's already in his player profile that he shows the willingness. And a lot of defensive ability comes down to willingness. Most of the guys in the NBA are capable of defending. It's about are they disciplined enough to do it? Are they consistent enough to do it, to stick to their principles and to give the effort? And the Rockets had guys that just didn't know to give that kind of commitment to it yet. They just weren't mature enough to do it yet. It sounds like from how they talk about this kid, from how they talk about both the twins for that matter, that he already has that built in. We'll see if they end up if they end up picking him if that ends up being the guy. But that's something that if you're a Rockets fan, you have to like about the player profile, not just the ability, of course, because he's got a lot of ability, but the willingness to do it. Because there were times, let's be honest, we watched every one of these games last year. There were times when the when the young Rockets players, all the Rockets players, but specifically the one the young ones, did not seem like they wanted to be out there competing. Uh, and maybe it was because losing was getting to them, but. But that was one of the things that had to rub people a little bit the wrong way during the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The losing was a big thing. The the losing, was, it's hard. You know, you can talk about being a young team and rebuilding all you want, but when you're getting your brains bashed in every single night, it's not fun necessarily to go back to work the next day. And that, I think it's really what they had to deal with uh, at, at last season. So um, the pick is in. Adam Silver coming out. This will be the Rockets now at four.
3: With the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson from Oakland, California, an overtime elite. Oakland: stand- All
1: right, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Amen Thompson is your newest Houston rocket. The Rockets pick him at number four overall. And look, I know fans, and I can't wait to to dive in and see what people are talking about and see what people are saying because, Adam, and we see this all the time, but once the Rockets were outside of the top three, this is the player that it seemed like fans had fixated on, and it's clear he's the player that the Rockets fixated on because he's the one that they picked. So this is somewhat chalk. We were saying that the draft early on could turn out to be Somewhat a little bit interesting if if some of those uh you know top three guys fall out of the top three and really really we're talking about Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, but that did not happen. They went chalk, and now the Rockets have Amin Thompson as presumably their point guard of the future, you gotta think.
2: Yeah, he and his brother seemingly had emerged at the top of that third tier in this draft. And Amen worked out for the Rockets. It was a great workout from all accounts. Uh the athleticism, obviously, is, is what really stands out. The size, the athleticism. I don't know how much he's going to be able to help them day one. And that'll be my number one question once this night is over. How? What, what are the expectations for him day one? Because the way that the roster is set up, I feel like they don't need him to really be that big of a contributor the first day. Yeah. Because you look at what they have coming back. You have the five starters, Porter, Green, Smith, Martin, uh, Shingoon and, and then off the bench you have Tari Eason, um, and then they've got $60 million in cap space that they can spend some money on, and so maybe they add another veteran. It feels like they're going to add another point guard in free agency, whether it's James Harden or Fred VanVleet or somebody else. They'll So they'll have the, the opportunity to add another point guard, and then maybe that allows them to take things slow with him, because I do think, you know, he's going to, he obviously has to get bigger. He has to develop his skills. The shooting is the big thing, so I'm very interested to see what they expect from him the first day.
1: Yeah, for me, the only thing that I didn't like about picking Amon Thompson and part of the reason why I was a fan of Cam Whit- Whitmore, the guy from Villanova, Cam Whitmore was you know freshman at Villanova, but he played college basketball, and I watched college basketball more than I watched overtime elite, so I had a bias toward that, but I also thought that it mattered that he played in somewhat meaningful games, mm-hmm. and and also – from the point guard standpoint, like we talked so much in, during the offseason about James Harden, but just overall for the Rockets, we knew that they had that needed point guard. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, why don't they get a veteran point guard and we see what happens from there. But I think we got Ahmed Thompson now talking to you. Let's, let's go to it. And now you're
4: headed to the Houston Rockets. Yep. First thought as you become a Rocket.
1: I'm just excited, excited to be a
3: Rocket.
4: Maya, Troy, you guys have watched both of your sons, but a man, put in the hours and the sweat equity that was required to get to this moment. How proud are you of him?
1: I'm very proud of him. I, I like the way men always wanted to execute. He always wanted to master all the skills, and today for him to be rewarded to be in the number four pick in the NBA draft,
2: I know he's feeling great, and I'm feeling so good for him.
4: Yeah, and there are no words. I'm, I'm happy beyond belief, so... The smile is radiating. Amen. our analysts are talking a ton about your athleticism, and you're joining a Houston Rockets team led by Ime Odoka that already has athletes. What are you excited about in terms of the basketball as you join this organization? Just
1: being in the NBA, you know, playing with these athletic guys, I feel like my best brand of basketball is, you know, running. And we're we're a young team, so that's what we're going to do.
4: What's the first thing that you might do to celebrate that you're comfortable sharing?
1: Celebrate? Oh no! A, we need to fly some in and out out here.
4: In and out <laughs> burger, like fast food. I, I, I need some in and out. <laughs> Just fly it out to New York for a day. It'll be good. Troy, you have had a vision for both of your sons as they enter this next chapter of, as pros. What is the vision that you see moving forward? What well, the, the vision now is to become leaders on their team. Obviously, be at least first team all rookie and maybe compete for rookie of the year. Yeah. We got big ambitions. What do you think about those ambitions, Amen? You
1: know, I think we can go bigger. I think just try to be great.
4: Well, be great. congratulations. I know we're watching and waiting, hopefully, for your brother's name to be called. But congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank
1: you And there is your latest Houston Rocket, Armand Thompson. We will react to, obviously, the pick, what he had to say. On the other side, Adam Spillane here. Brandon Scott from the H Town Hoops podcast. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 610.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets
1: Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane.
3: With the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select i in Thompson. Oh, poor boy didn't know to
1: go with Whataburger over in and out. He's gonna learn that once he gets here. Can't blame him for not really necessarily being exposed to that fact. But Amin Thompson is your newest Houston Rocket, his brother, a or officer. How am I saying am I saying that? You can't say Victor I can't say it either. And I can't say Amin Thompson's twin brother's name. But he went right after him to the Detroit Pistons, who you and I were discussing during the break, have not quite a rivalry going with the with the Rockets, because that wouldn't be the right way to couch it. Neither one of the teams is good enough to really call them a rivalry, or competitive enough to call it a rivalry. But certainly some parallels between the Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham thing. Now you've got the Thompson Twins. Of course, Jaden Ivey is over there with the Detroit Pistons. The Rockets have Jabari Smith. Uh, The, the Pistons have Jalen Duran, who is... The, was the youngest player in the NBA last year. I think Jabari Smith might have been the second or third youngest player in the NBA. They've got a lot of parallels between some of the players that and the trajectory that they're picking on because they've been bad at the same time, and they've been picking around the same place. And then now finally this year, the Rockets pick one twin brother, and then the Detroit Pistons pick the other one right after him.
2: So if I have this right, it's the second time, at least that I can remember, at least in the last 15 years, that Twins have been taken back-to-back in the draft. Remember, you had the Morris Twins yeah. uh, back in 2011, I want yeah, to say. that sounds right. And the Rockets were involved with that because they took Marcus, and yeah. I think it was uh, – shoot, I can't remember who wound up taking Markeith, but um, – Yeah, where, did he, where Mark, did he start his career? Markeith was – Because
1: he, he ended up with Washington for a little while, ended up with the with the, with the the Heat for for a little while. It's kind of been a journey. journey maybe was with the Lakers for a little while.
2: See, Markeith was Phoenix. Markeith was Phoenix, and then Marcus was uh, was taken by the Rockets. Uh, Anthony Black from Arkansas has just gone six. Yeah, and he's a point guard that. Yeah, I like. so so these are so the point guards are starting to come off the board. This is a good pick for Orlando because they've needed a point guard, and I think and they're kind of primed to win next yeah. season. Uh, just as you know, Franz Wagner's been very good. Um, Paolo Bancaro, one rookie of the year. So that team started to make a run towards the second half of last season. Anthony Black, I think, is a guy who can help you right away. Yeah. And so when we talked about the Rockets, if they were looking, you know, I, I think when it comes to of this tier, of this four through nine tier, to me, it felt like Anthony Black was probably the safest just because the floor is a little bit higher, point guard, defense first type point guard, doesn't shoot it all that well. I think that he helps you more day one than some than the two Thompson twins and yep. some of these other guys that we're going to see get picked. And I think that this is a really good pick right here for Orlando just with where they're at. They don't necessarily need the score. They don't need the star. They've got Wagner. They've got Carroll already on that roster. So his pick.
1: Has also played in more competitive games, you could yes. say, you know, having been in college basketball I think that that part of it matters. He's the guy that I liked again because I do have that college basketball bias, and it's not to say because I think you would be, I think it would be fair to project that Amon Thompson has the higher ceiling, and to assume that that's what the Rockets are actually betting on by picking him where they did. And to your point, Adam, that Anthony Black is somebody that could come in and con- contribute to you right away it makes me wonder with what orlando's doing like i'm trying to figure out who is the dead weight there now or who's the what what's the player between guys like you know cole anthony and and markel full to i think is a is a decent player obviously didn't live up to to his draft you know status but you know figuring out between cole anthony jalen suggs and markel full it's like figuring out what's solid and what's fat and then of course where does anthony black fit into that to your point somebody that feels like he'd come in and contribute right away you know the question for the Rockets is if the guy that they drafted is in a similar vein
2: yeah and I don't know and that when we get past tonight that is going to be my number one question is what are the expectations for Almond Thompson day one because to me with the way that the roster is set up you you look at who they have. You take the five starters that ended last season with Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, KJ Martin, uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperin Sengun, Tari Smith, your top guy coming off the bench. You have Jay Sean Tate coming back as well. Or Eason? I mentioned Eason.
1: Oh, you said Tari
2: Smith? You said. Oh, did I? Okay. Tari Eason. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. No, all,
1: all good. I didn't mean three. So the right.
2: five starters Eason, uh, Jay Sean Tate, and then you have some of the guys that they've drafted in the past who haven't quite made a contribution. Josh Christopher in that elk. But let's take the first seven that I mentioned. Yeah. They have $60 million in cap space. Yeah. Obviously, James Harden is the, the guy that you think is at the top of the list. But if they don't, let's say they don't get Harden. Let's say they go to the next point guard. Let's say they go Fred Van Vliet because they can go and sign essentially whoever they want. As long as they can get the guy to take the money because they have the cap space. They have space to sign guys to the max. So... To me, it feels like they've got the, the seven that I mentioned. I feel like they are going to add a point guard in free agency. They'll have some space to add another one. They'll, they'll they'll have space to add one or two more guys in free agency. So does that mean you don't need Amon Thompson to come in on day one and be a contributor? Does that mean that he can maybe take a little bit of a step back so that he can, frankly, get better? and So that they don't necessarily have to rush him on the floor.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I I think that the answer is probably yes. And I want to get into the seven players and the core players in our next segment, but, but right now sticking on the point with Amon Thompson and is he ready? I kind of want to look at this and let's kind of talk this through. What would keep him from, like, I think it's maybe we agree on this, that it's the experience. It's the fact that he hasn't been tested. It's really the adjustment that guys have to make in the NBA. Everyone, even a guy like Jabari Smith who played high level college basketball, I'll be for one year. You and I talked about this on the podcast. You and I both thought that he was going to come in and the transition was going to be somewhat seamless, especially considering that his skill set seemed to be complementary of yeah. the NBA game, shooting, defense, all of that. So so I, I guess that's the end of It is looking like the Indiana, right. Indiana Indiana's Pacers. Indiana is taking,
2: this is a bit of a surprise, Bilal Koulibaly okay. from France is who they've taken, and it sounds like they're going to trade him to Washington who picks eight? So it looks like we have a flip flop between Washington and Indiana. Koulibaly is a defense guy. He is a defense first type of four, can play the five a little bit, uh, and he was a teammate of of Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyana.
1: Wimban. Wimban
2: Yep. Um. Uh. In, in France, so you have two French guys going in the top seven in this draft. So Bilal Koulibaly um, is the pick here for Indiana at seven. And it looks like um, he is going to be traded to Washington, who picks eighth. Uh, Let's see. Do we have the terms of the trade with Washington? I'm Uh, just surprised about this because I feel like Two second-round picks. So two second-round picks go to Washington. I don't really know what the point of this trade is, but hey, whatever.
1: Yeah, I I don't understand what's happening here because I I feel like this was a guy who was mocked, and I don't want to get into the minutiae necessarily of— what the Indiana Pacers basketball strategy is, but I am, you know, or even what Washington's strategy is for that matter after trading for Jordan Poole earlier and and whatever's going on there. They're, you know, obviously in a complete rebuild, but this is somebody that I was expecting to go a little bit later. so, So I wasn't expecting to be talking about him at pick seven.
2: Yeah, I've seen him top 10 on a couple big boards. Okay. And maybe if you're Indiana, he's a guy that you really like. And, you know, you do pick up a couple second round picks to move up in order to get him... But I don't think that you know they've got a couple more picks in this draft. Obviously, they didn't think he was going to fall to them, so you know they move back one spot, pick up some assets, and now they're going to wind up getting him here. So is it a reach? Maybe a little bit, but if this is the guy that you want, sometimes you just have to go with that guy. And it's uh it's not like they're going to be good next year anyways. and they already have the guard, you know, they already have Tyrese Halliburton on that team. Um, they've got Buddy Healed, you know, it's Miles Turner. It's not a team that's going to necessarily compete, but this guy could wind up being much better than than people expect.
1: Yeah, so so back to the Rockets real quick, just in terms of Amon Thompson and the concern of whether he could contribute right away. I'm thinking, like, what if he can? And we were listening to him in the interview there with Monica McNutt on ESPN, and he's like, you know, lofty expectations. And why wouldn't he talk like that on draft night when he's realized his dreams is the biggest night of his life, you'd imagine? And why would he not talk like that? So I, I pose the question, why, why couldn't he come in there and help them right away? You know, because I, I, I wonder if maybe I've given too much thought of, hey, I want to see a veteran point guard. Doesn't look like they're going to get James Harden. I'm not interested in paying Fred Van Vleet a whole bunch of money, even though I could understand why they would do it. Why not Amon Thompson come in there and contribute right away? At, at the very least, be better fit and more suited for training as an NBA point guard than, say, trying to make Kevin Porter Jr. into one. Just it's,
2: This is a hard league. It's a really hard league, especially when you have flaws at, at that position. And if you can't shoot, and right now it appears that shooting is a big weakness of Amin Thompson, it makes you easier to defend as a player, and then it makes your team easier to defend as well. And so I, I don't know if it helps the Rockets on day one. If If he can't shoot, he's going to have to do a lot of other things at an incredibly high level. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that on day one. Do you want to go to... Let's uh let's see. The Wizards aren't ready just yet. The Wizards are almost about to pick, but obviously this is a flip-flop between Washington. So Washington is picking um, for – they're picking for Indiana. Yeah, so uh, right
1: I, here. I, I would make the point, though, before that, just like one of the things that I am kind of down about with these guys being, you know, the backcourt of the future now, seemingly, Jalen Green and Amon Thompson. You got two guys who still need a lot of work on their jump shot mm-hmm. and both shoot from, like – their face or chin and for as athletic as they are, you'd like to see their shot and their form and their mechanics be a lot more developed than that at this point. So, and that could still change. They're, they're obviously young guys, but doesn't really make me feel good to see NBA players paired together and build as your future of the future of your franchise. And we'll talk about core players later. Um, doesn't feel great about that being the case. I can say that.
2: But they're obviously very young yes. and, and that's what development is for. But it feels like if if they weren't in a position where they needed to win this next season, and it's not like a guarantee that they have to win, but because they don't. It's more urgent, though. Yes, there is some urgency, like you said, because they don't control their first round pick. It goes to Oklahoma City unless it falls in the top four and they could lose all 82 games. And that's still just a 50 50 chance of that even happening. So there is a little so there is an incentive to try and win this season or in the last couple of years, there was no incentive to win. So that's why to me, it almost feels like if you want to try and win some games this year, it's really, it's going to be really hard to do that. If your point guard can't shoot. And it's, we've seen when you have a really young point guard who doesn't really know how to play the position at this level, it's really hard to win games for,
1: for the Rockets. It would be secondary to the overall point. But a question I want to ask you after this pick is announced is, you know, like it, is it is it is it okay to be in that situation when you're this young? Is it better for him to have that experience? You know, is it would that benefit him more? But here's the pick.
3: The Washington Wizards select Jarris Walker from the University of Houston.
2: Local flavor. So that so for U of H, this is their first lottery pick. Shoot, I, is somebody's oh, gonna have to correct me. Is this this might be their first top ten lottery pick since a Kim Elijah one? Gotta be. I know this is the second lottery pick for Kelvin Sampson. Um, this is Kelvin uh, Sampson's first lottery pick was Eric Gordon in 2008. Yeah. This is obviously his first lottery pick at U of H. If uh, there was
1: another one, we would have been able to call him off. Yeah, we would have been able to round him I, off by I, now. There's, there's, like there's no know. way there's. Yeah, but if there was, it feels like that guy would stand out.
2: Yeah, so al- almost 40 years for U of H having a guy picked in the top 10. So that's it's a great moment for U of H. It's a big moment for that program. I, you know, I talked. To, I had a chance. Calvin Sampson threw out the first pitch at the uh, Astros game on, on Monday. And I asked him just how important is it to have a guy picked at this level in the draft? What does that do for your program? And it's big because all these guys, all these big-time recruits that you're trying to get, they are uh, you know they they want to get to the NBA. And if you're Calvin Sampson, now you can sell them on the fact that, hey, you come to U of H, you can get picked in the lottery because we just had it done. We just, Jarris Walker was a, a big-time recruit. He came here. He got better when he got here. And then he was picked in the lottery, so so obviously uh, Walker to me a very safe pick in this draft. He might be the best defensive player in this draft. Um, so this is a this is Washington making the pick, but Walker will wind up playing in Indiana.
1: So Adam got a chance to, like you mentioned, to talk to Kelvin Sampson. So on the other side, we're going to hear from Jarius Walker as he's been selected. Uh, by the Washington Wizards and we're also going to hear from Addis Spillane's conversation with Kelvin Sampson. Stay right here. Addis Spillane, Brandon Scott from the H-Town Who's podcast doing your NBA draft preview right here or I should say NBA draft live coverage right here on Sports Radio 610. Don't go anywhere. I'm just excited. Excited
2: to be a rocket.